Welcome to Bookpile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. Today we are going to discuss The Hunger, which is by Alma Katsu and was published in 2018 by Bantam Books. Uh, Katsu is the daughter of an American-born father and a Japanese-born mother and grew up in Massachusetts, which she credits for her interest in American history. The book is inspired by the events that occurred to the Donner Party when making their way to California from 1846 to 1847. However, please note that the author does state she took many fictional liberties with this book. So we don't recommend we don't recommend treating the events in the book as factual in regards to timeline of events or experiences. The plot of the book is the Donner Party and all those who traveled with them are on their way to California. But picking the wrong path and possibly even the wrong people in their company could lead them quicker to death than to California. Many will not survive the dangerous journey. So what do you guys think, Sarah? I thought it was fine. Okay. Which you have pretty like low expectations because you don't like historical fiction. Not particularly, no. Although... There's a specific time period that I've just read like too much of that I just don't want to read anymore. Although, with that said, I am now remembering that I just don't like cowboy western or frontier time frames, <laughs> and this is frontier time. Um, but I actually, so you didn't, I didn't, you didn't mind. That's what I meant by your you have low expectations in tor- terms of historical fiction. You're already starting out pretty low, so if you can manage it, then it's it's pretty like even killed. Yeah. You're not expecting too much of it so there isn't you're ready to be disappointed basically (laughs) yeah okay so you you were okay with it what about you kim i on the other hand love historical fiction and i did not like it oh good me neither i i i hated this oh (laughs) like oh what what sarah i was going i almost um you were going to talk about oh, my star boy. rating, weren't you? I sure was, yes. I forgot <laughs> what word that spoiled, I guess. I was yeah. the star rating. It's like, huh. So, I've seen you read things lower. It's almost a. Uh, if you remember, when it comes to that, the only time I give anything a one star is if I DNF it. You're, oh, that's right. Yeah. I still feel that your rules are arbitrary. I know, I know. <laughs> so, so I hated this. And part of, part of my struggle with it is I spent a lot of the time questioning whether or not these characters were accurate, the representation was accurate, what the author was trying to go for, that by the last third of the book, I just didn't care. I was so tired of guessing. And then it was doing that weird, like, the time of the journey and then it was like going back with each character to earlier time frames to explain why they were taking this journey and i was just like oh my god can we just don't we all love really irritated (laughs) the thing that really irritated me is it, it was arbitrary as to which character she was going to do a flashback on yeah there wasn't a strong connection from the beginning of the book all the way through the only character that had a thread was Stanton. And yeah. And so then and and I didn't Yeah, we did get a flashback with Stanton. But it 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 just it felt like it was arbitrary and there were a lot of red herrings and I was so irritated with these fucking red herrings. Um because if you're gonna if you're gonna place a red herring it should have some tie. It should, you know, there should be a reason why that red herring existed other than you don't want to misrepresent a culture. And I felt like we were getting all these red herrings about Indian culture, Native American culture, first person's culture, you know, whichever, whichever anybody prefers. Um, But they were there just to say, but that's not what I'm saying as a writer. And that was so irritating to me. It's just like, just leave it alone. They don't even have to be a part of this story. They're not in the story. So they are. No, so, okay. This is the weird thing. 
there no actually the donor party did have interactions with three native american individuals because i looked at that because i was like why the donor party this is no i know but so that's what i was going to say however those three native americans that they had like direct interaction with that acted as guides and stuff do not show up at all in this story other than they're vaguely mentioned as being the two people, the two Native Americans who come back with Stanton to deliver the goods. Yeah. That's that's the only thing that was historically accurate about the Native Americans. And that there were, there is believed to be where the Donner Party, I'm sorry, I'm watching dogs start to rile themselves up. Um, where the Donner Party ended up hunkering down there was believed to be ancient carvings from an ancient, ancient Native American tribe. I think they're called the Martis, M-A-R-T-I-S. Yep. Um, and that's it. That That's it. Well, and then to imply, and it was implied in this story, that like the Aztec and the Mayan, these ones were doing human sacrifice is so disingenuous because there is nothing in actual history that indicates human sacrifice ever came north. There's yeah. nothing in any Native American tribe that ever indicated any human sacrifice. And they don't even know for sure that the, the Aztec and the and the Mayans did it. it it's yeah. just surmised based on what they've they've dug up in archaeology. And and so yeah, I was I was very irritated with the the indigenous representation in this book because it was self-serving to the writer um, well, and then to be able to say whole... i didn't go typical and then there was but we still had the oh but they believe that men turn into animals and like let's hint at mythology and i'm gonna be respectful and not say the word because in the mythology it's actually saying that word is considered um disrespectful you, what are you, you don't talking about? Um, I can't say the word. You can't uh, answer it without saying it. Yeah. I don't know what uh, you can type it in about. the chat. I will type it in the chat. Okay. Type how it. am I supposed to see a fucking chat? I'm on a phone. Oh. Can you see it? Did we lose you? No, I was Ooh, looking I to see. Know. Oh, okay. We'll just say. Yeah. yeah so okay. there, there's a mythology, um, and it's, I want to be respectful because I, I have learned that saying this word is disrespectful. They avoid saying it, they don't want people saying it. And and there are references so for those who to are vague out there. It starts with a W, and you could go to the third episode of Supernatural to know what it is we're fucking talking about. Yeah, if you really want to know. But yeah, um, it yeah it. So they. I see, just the was author, so irritated. The author was making such like subtle notions towards it, and then like using a like they change it into wolves and stuff that it was like. I, why why are you doing this why plant that okay but okay so i would argue and this is my knowledge of it so i i uh, again i'm I'm not native american i don't know um changing into wolves is not that thing i know changing into wolves would be skinwalkers i know well that's the other one that you're not really supposed to oh you're not supposed to talk about it yeah i have never heard that before that you're not supposed to say say these words but yeah um, it's it's it, I happen. I can't remember what I was what what it was. Oh, oh! Oddly enough, it's in a Ghost Adventures documentary when they go onto a native land and the guys start saying the word and the natives it, like shut them down. They're like, "We don't. You don't say those words. You don't mention those okay. creatures." Ghost Adventures. I'm nearly positive. Yes, they do yeah. a weird. Don't 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 trust Ghost Adventures. They're, I don't trust yeah. them. I trust the native people that they were interviewing that said, don't say those names. And I've heard it other places too. I've heard it other places too, that it's not something you discuss. So we're just going to not say the names. This is going to be a really hard conversation to have without saying words. Well, we're saying humans transforming into animals and that being the cause of the cannibalism in this book. Um, but it's not the cause of the cannibalism. It's no, just they didn't turn into animals. They were just zombies, basically. I know. It, well, that was the other weird thing is there were zombies, and then there was 
the whole huge spoiler what's his name actually being the one eating the party the entire time yeah because that's a part of german mythology um Kiesberg, i'm sorry yeah Kiesberg, lewis yeah um and like it was like really we spent three-fourths of this book you trying to convince us that it might be the native population it's this mysterious it's this tribe she made up is the other thing is the tribe in the book doesn't Mm -hmm. exist she's not saying that the tribe was doing it though but it was that the Donner like Party believed. It's the red herrings but that we're talking about. I didn't get the sense that the Donner Party believed it either. I, not that the tribe was responsible, but the, that there was a tribe out there thinking that there was something evil in the woods, sacrificing things to the evil thing in the woods, but it wasn't the tribe themselves. Granted, some of yeah. the Donner Party did say like that the Native Americans were taking the children and stuff like that but well and that's and well okay so that's what i mean is it, or what my struggle with is there was so much randomness to all of that information to create a sense of what's doing it that by the time we get to the end and the big reveal happens i'm like you have got to be kidding me you spent yeah. all of that time discussing the tribes discussing the woods and at least for the donner party wasn't the cause well i mean there were the creatures following them trying to yes there there was the creature well okay i guess my question is was it that the creatures were following them or was he already starting to feed people like tamsin and so she was having a psychological break from because of she was being fed human meat uh, well, Charles got bitten and started to turn, so he shot himself. Um, I don't think that was from eating bad meat. No, I thought he died because he was cold and he couldn't go on. I don't remember him. No, being, his ankle I, got torn. His open. ankle got bit, so he, oh, he started okay. feeling. He could feel himself turning. So then they walk away, and you just hear the gun shot um, after he puts the gun in his mouth. Except you have to keep. Gun. Keep in mind, Lewis could have given him food that was tainted. Okay, so I think we need to go back in okay. time in but this Lewis thing. But Lewis wasn't trying the to kill first, them. The first death was a child. Yes. And he was mutilated. And in theory, that could be where the original meat taint came from. So and which is what so I, assumed. I think that's what Amber assu- yeah. is assuming is that Whoever it is that killed him, and now we know it was Keysburg, um, or whatever his fucking name was, um, he took the meat, and then it was, he somehow planted it throughout the entire hundred people, uh, it was 90, 90 people that was in this thing. But he wasn't trying to do this to them. That was not his goal. I mean, he was not a good person, but in the end, he was taking people to feed the people because they ran out of food because they were stuck. Okay, so at the very end, he implies that, well, we get to about the last fourth of the book and we start getting this implication that there's something wrong with him. He talks about his uncle who had the same, that is in his family. And I thought at first that it was supposed to be a reference to pedophilia given his interest in the young girls. Then I realized that the young boy had been killed early on. And I realized it's cannibalism that was being implied that was being in his family. Again, this is not factual to the actual person. Um, And so what I think was supposed to be the overarching idea of this is he kills the first boy because he desperately wants human meat. Because that's why he's leaving where they're from is so he doesn't get caught. Um, I then think he has a store of meat. And as people piss him off because Tamsin is one of the first few people and the guy whose dog bit him are the first two people who really start seeing things. So I think the guy whose dog bit him, he first gave him the meat and he had a terrible reaction to being fed human meat where he had a psychological break. I'm not sure why that would be the case, um, but I think that's what this author is working with. So he started to see things and lost his mind and then died. Then Tamsin was trying to deter Lewis from trying to get with her. And so I think he then started sneaking the meat to her and she started having the psychological break. Then we finally get isolated into the mountains and he's full-blown killing. 
in order to allow the others to survive. Stanton goes off to get supplies, comes back, and during that time that they get the supplies back, gets fed meat from Lewis without knowing it because Lewis is mad because he's taking, um, what's her name, Graves, Elizabeth Graves, and he was trying. Mary, Mary Graves. Mary Graves, sorry. He was interested in Mary Graves. So they leave, but I think he's been fed meat. And so when he has the psychological break when they're cold, he's already been exposed to meat. And so he kills himself. That's so I, I think this is I a did huge not get that at all book. from this reading. Not at all. <laughs> but I think that's the fault in this book is it's not written well enough. And she's the writer's trying to be vague and sneaky and red herrings. And it, it could be this. It could be that. Because then the other conversation that is being had through this entire book is disease. And addressing the fact that they really didn't know what viruses were, what bacteria was. I don't know when history, when those things were actually discovered. Um, early but 1900s. So after yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so they didn't, but yet they're smart enough. There are certain people in all of this that were smart enough that, that they were starting to figure out that there is something else, whether it be airborne or whatever. And then it was ultimately getting into, it was foodborne, but yeah, the, the, the author was trying very yeah. hard to be tricky, not tricky, tricky is not a good word for it, uh, trying to be... Trying to sustain the horror? Yeah, and oh god, there was nothing horrific about this at all. <laughs> nothing. It was not not even remotely Yeah, I don't scary. know, I felt not like this even... was very straightforward, actually. For me, the story oh, just... There was some flashbacks to flesh out the characters a little bit. I wouldn't say that they succeeded there. The characters were not great. It's people fighting with other people, but then there's the disease in the background, the prospectors that are diseased running around in the woods. Or, you know, if you want to believe that Kiesberg was poisoning everyone, I guess that's the source of the disease. Um, but it's like, I don't know, it's on one hand, it's a story about terrible people, not terrible. They weren't all terrible. They just were all had their flaws. Not handling a situation great and getting stuck. So, and that's that's the other thing that I had such a huge issue with is as I was reading this, and the prime example I can give is Tamsin, and we're instantly she's a witch, she's a witch, she's a witch. They believe she's a witch, and I was like, was this person actually perceived to be a witch in her life? Was she this harlot, boring well, witch? Who she, no, no, no. That's what I was going to say. Is, is is I then looked her up and she was actually like a very upstanding religious citizen. Nothing about her screams could have been a witch. Yeah, I didn't look anyone up. I just treated this as a oh. fictional story. Well, um, and see, that's, I think that's where Amber and I history are and story is, is Amber and I came at yeah. it with- I was like, if you just read I, it for I what did, it is and don't compare it to reality. I stopped at a certain point and I, I looked up the history. Because I needed to know who, you know, which of these people were. Because most writers that do historical fiction, they may pick one main character that was real. And then they'll develop other characters. Or they have the real characters kind of on the sidelines. And they have their own characters that are interacting with those, the real characters. And, and um, I mean, like Outlander does that. Yeah, Jamie doesn't exist. Claire doesn't exist, but a lot of these other people actually exist. And you try to, as a writer, stick as close as you can to the reality of the real people. Then you make up the story around the and, people you've created. And usually like what, you're, what you're making up is filler of what is not known, not subverting what is known. Because th yeah. this should have just been, if she wanted to write this, I feel like just write it as a horror book. Use it as inspiration, but don't use the actual people. Because if you can't rely heavily enough on the historical information to be accurate, or you can't completely and utterly alter something in order for it to be interesting, that's not a strong story. No, it, it, and, and it's, it's unfair because some people, when they read historical fiction, are incapable of, of drawing the historical out of the fiction. And so now you have this book, and if it ever became popular enough that enough people read it, it it's it's never going to obviously achieve the 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 hugeness that 
outlander achieved but um you're then applying characteristics to to act factual people in history and there is no basis for anything that she created about these characters not these characters these people these are actual people and and what the one of the, oh. them you know had this whole subversive underlying gay lifestyle um you know yeah. and there's no basis for that and, and i'm not saying it's right wrong or indifferent there but there's no basis in in that human being's life to make that supposition about them you know th- th- you don't go and read this man's letters and discover that you know he was writing to a best friend and there might be underlying it, wording there that implies that he's Hamilton. Gay. <laughs> right Right. So, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, I was, I, I was very, very unhappy with the way this was written. This is not a good way to write historical fiction. It's, it's just not. All she had to do was, there was 90 people in this, in, in the actual Donner party or in, the, yeah. in that, that, that caravan. Um, all she had to do was make a family up that isn't. no. Or oh, well known, you know, among the known ones, and then just interact with with the known ones, and have all of this other stuff be about these other characters that she made up instead of applying. Okay, so uh, you, what were you trying to say, Kim? Do you remember? Just I, just saying, I didn't like the way this was written. I don't, I don't like the fact that the author took real life people and applied made up meaning to their lives I j- it just i don't i don't like it yeah I was, I that was, was my big... i was angry by the end of it because it was just like you know wh- why would you do this to real people you don't you don't get to subvert their actual lives hi ronan he's standing on I know the ottoman hear me but i get to see him <laughs> his big head that's because the ottoman's right here to get them out of my face so his solution was to stand on it Oh, um, okay, he's down. You're lucky he's yeah. not in your lap. Yeah, but yeah, it, I, it was really annoying. <laughs> and particularly because, like, I think there was so much potential to explore the psychology and the psychological horror of people, like, traveling such a great distance, trapped together, having to function with each other, that, like, this could have been a horror without... And even if there was something mysterious that was never explained and let it be unexplained and what it. But obviously the author, because she, I, like I said, I read the, the note from the back of the author. She didn't want to make implications about Native Americans as the cause of the problem um, because her sensitivity readers were very much assuring her that was not a good idea. And okay, but, okay, pause for just a second. Why was this note even needed? Because no, let me let me get to what I'm getting at. There has never, ever in the history of the Donner Par Party been an implication that natives were involved in it in any way, shape, or form, other than the guides. There. There's nothing that anybody has ever said, well, because there were Native Americans around, the Donner Party decided to eat each other. It, it, it's, it's clearly they were starving and they were isolated and they ran out of food. It doesn't need to be any horrific than that. They, I mean, the, the, there have been, because there was the, the soccer team with the plane crash in the Alps, the Andes, I can't remember which now, and they consumed each other because they ran out of food. This to be to the point as a human and, and, and to go with the psychology of I am going to die or I eat somebody I know. That is profound. And that yeah. can be a horrific story. And that's she what I thought we were getting. Need, I know. She did not need to dance around the Native Americans in any way, shape, or form. But she was so insistent on implying that it's these two mysterious words that we can't say that we've implied already in this conversation. Um, she wanted to draw that mythology in. She's the one who chose to bring that in and then pretend she wasn't addressing it. That, it, it, yeah, no, <laughs> pissed me off. It, it, didn't, it never even had to be a subject in the book. It didn't have to. I let's, agree. Let's, let's make it a subject in the book, but never talk about it. 
Yeah. Um, and and the the author's note at the end is like, yeah, I took tons of liberties, fictional liberties with the characters, with the plot, with the time frame. Um, and I just like, and and I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, let's compare this to say, which Sarah won't be able to, because I don't think she's ever read it, and she looks disinterested, anyways. Um, you know, anything about Anne Boleyn. And obviously, when authors write fictional works about Anne Boleyn, there is a certain level of we don't know, therefore we just assume. But working around facts that are known. Sarah, are you falling asleep? No, I'm just waiting. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> um, and so, but there are facts that are assumed. And for the most part, good authors, not all of them, um, try to keep within those things. The daughter party is so recent in terms of that kind of stuff that we do have a pretty good idea of what the timeline looked like. So why- Not to mention, there were survivors. Yeah. And even to this day, there is dispute and debate as to whether they actually consumed each other. Yeah. Because some people say, yes, it happened. Most of them were very young children and may have misunderstood what it is that was happening. Mm -hmm. But all of the adults claimed that didn't happen. We did And not most of that. the adults did not survive. Right. It was mostly children that survived. Because I was looking at that. And, and most of the adults died. Most of the yeah. children did survive. Yeah. It, it, it just, yeah, I... I can't put into words how much. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll talk about star ratings. Um, I, yeah, I was so irritated with this. It, it, there just aren't words. And I'm so sad because you were so, I mean, you came in and was like, I, I want to read this. Yeah. And we, it should, we have, should have been a very cool book. Yeah. But if no. I had realized, because this is actually the second book that I've read by this author. Um. If I had actually paid attention to who the author was, I would not have been like, oh, check this out. But I was like, oh, Kim would think the daughter party is interesting. I'll, you know, share this with um, just as kind of like a cool potential horror book. And uh, then after the fact, once I actually looked up who the author was and I realized I had read one of her books before, and I was like, oh, that one wasn't this like rough. Um, but that's because that one is, it's called The Deep. And the premise behind that one is a, I think, a semi-fictional character. I can't remember exactly because it's been about two years since I read it. Um, survived both the Titanic and then the um, Britannia. And so it's a horror book, but the horror is that this person is cursed that every ship they serve on sinks, tragically multitudes of deaths and it might not be the britannia i think it's the britannia i'd have to actually i say i didn't think the britannia sank but okay uh maybe it's not the britannia give me just a second lusitania lusitania i, I think yeah might have been the lusitania let me okay the deep um, uh, and i don't i don't think britannica in... britannica no? okay. is that a factual did they make up a sunken ship <laughs> uh let me see here because i yeah okay and, and, and being on two ships doesn't make a that sink doesn't make a curse so i, would think I, I know to so let me let me let me explain so the book follows that the main character served on the titanic after running away from her irish family titanic sinks she then has a mental breakdown that causes her to end up in a mental, mental institution. Then during the First World War, she is urged by someone else to she let herself into the, the mental institute so she could like sign herself out or something, I think. I can't remember. Uh, urges her to go ahead and sign up to be a nurse on the HMHS Britannica even though she was in a psychological institute or a mental institution. Um, okay, pause and then, for a second. Okay. Pause. Is that noise, the dogs making noise or is somebody talking outside your room, Sarah? No, that is the dogs. 
Okay, because it sounds oh, yeah, like human not, voice is going. Yeah, I hear it too, but it's not my on my end. Okay, it's the dogs then. And so then what happens is she's serving on the HMHS Britannica. And it it turns out basically that, um, and if you don't want the spoilers to how this book ends, if you have an interest in reading the deep, pause now, skip ahead. Um, it turns out that a, I guess if I remember correctly, a person who was on the first book, the first ship who was having like iconic break for ghost inhabits the main character and in order to stop this ghost from doing whatever in the world she's doing uh they decide to sink the hmhs britannica her and another character it it was weird it was convoluted um well i'm not gonna read it so yeah i know um okay so was there anything either of you liked about this book it was different from the other stuff we've been reading so okay just like, oh, okay. kind of okay. a palate cleanse in a way <laughs> uh, it wasn't unreadable okay that's funny because i pretty much found it unreadable unre i literally as i was trying to finish it up last night would read like two sentences and oh, I need to do this and get up and walk around the room. And I need a, I'm in a, a hotel. I have no place to go. It, it is a square there. And I would be like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And then I would come back, read two sentences. Oh, look, I could go do that. Oh, look, I, I uh, it was torture finishing this book last night. I could not literally go more than two sentences at a time. So first off, I apologize. The dogs are being. Whatever, move on. Yeah, but I just, I'm apologizing to listeners if they're suddenly having loud barking in their ear because I don't know how it's picking up. Um, you know, I will be honest, if I did not have to read this for the podcast, I probably would have started out three-fourths the way in. Because <laughs> I got about three-fourths of the way and I went, I don't care. But I will say, trying to have a positive, I did find interactions Mary Graves and Stanton very interesting I was intrigued by that I did like that um he did end up but I I knew sorry am I interrupting you no I'm watching your the dog the do, your dog do certain things to Dove oh in Ew. the middle of the living room yeah and then <laughs> lunging at my computer setup but no my problem with Mary and Stanton was um, I knew he was going to die. I, okay. I knew. I need it, to pause you know. just a second. <sighs> okay. So I apologize about that. I had to take care of dogs. I cannot remember what we were discussing. Kim liked Mary and Stanton's interactions, but she knew Stanton was going to die. Yeah, and, and I, I knew that too. So well, yeah, it was I just figured, disappointing. I figured they were all probably going to die even though i had no idea and didn't look it up um so i was just like oh there's no point in getting attached to any of the characters although i don't really know that any of them were really attachment material anyway so exactly. they really weren't Stanton really was me just grasping at straws and because he was the person we spent the most time with from his perspective um i feel like we spent a lot of time with tamson too but we got more background information with stanton yeah, like well, we didn't and I get think... the flashbacks with Tamsin until the very end, when it's like I was in love with my brother the whole time. Like, I right? must have blanked that out. I blanked that one too. <laughs> but where were you guys? What book did you read? Because you well, guys I'm had a very different you story than what you read. <laughs> where she's talking about her brother Jory, and oh my god, really? You didn't get the incest storyline? No, I missed uh, that one. Probably, honestly, but you were convinced like, that Keysburg was killing all of them. I'm sorry, I agree with Amber's <laughs> take on this story 100. percent I, I I'm mean, almost tempted to make you reread the whole thing because Amber and I read a different book than you read. <laughs> it's uh... I, I, well, honestly, because the only reason why I came to that conclusion, like my logic was, is obviously the child died early on. It's like okay, well. 
that's how we know it's not Native Americans because they hadn't even come across any Native Americans. And we were left with the implication that maybe an animal. Yeah, but they were the sick prospectors in this area. But the then it comes up a little bit later. Infected. Don't, but that's in the, the mountains. The child is back at like. In the, yeah. Like the, the, the child first four. The parties actually the, split. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I couldn't think. But you've done something that sure. happened. Oh, historically, that that was only kind of skipped over. They get to the first port. Half the party went the traditional route, and half the party went this new route. Um, and that it's that the Donner party and and that group that went the, the and new Reed. route. Yeah, um, and they're the ones that ended up in in the pass. Um, the rest of the group made it just fine. Yeah. It, but the first it, child dying happened prior to that. And and so I spent a good portion of the book going, okay, how does this work for the child? Then the older man, his dog bites someone, not him, bites somebody else. And bites Keesberg. He bites Keesberg and he starts to get the old man gets sick after it. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not that the animal bit him and he went crazy like a rat, a rabies sort of thing. And then when we get to the very end and we find out that Keithberg has been a cannibal all along, I go, oh, he killed He was child. trying not to be a cannibal is the thing. Like his uncle was trying to tempt him into cannibalism in the back, in the right flashback, right? So right. it's like he was struggling with that, but it's not that he, like maybe he did kill the boy. I don't know. Granted, there were the prospectors up in the mountain, but I feel like they'd also mentioned that that area, even in the woods, because who knows how many people the prospectors have potentially infected. But the child wasn't area. in the woods, though. In the fields, the prairies leading to the mountains, I don't know. The base area of the mountains, geographically. Like the whole, right. they already knew the area was kind of weird. I think the implication of him resisting being a cannibal was meant to be oh so more tragic because he succumbed to the family curse um, you're already yes there is that but also like you're set up throughout the whole book because he seems like a bad dude if he is but like so you're primed to believe that he is the one that's responsible honestly, honestly no i did not give any care about keesberg i thought he was just there and i was like okay he's kind of he creepy, was like, but, like trying to take over he was trying to boss people around he was starting shit he was molesting the girls um so it's like he definitely seems like he is going to be the bad guy in this book and again like i said he is bad <laughs> in a multitude of ways See, but it's um, like you find out that he's he is killing people from the for the Donner Party, but he's trying to save them. It's not that he is maliciously killing people just to kill them. See, I don't. I didn't get the trying to save them thing, but I agree with. He was telling. Well, I mean, granted, said. he was telling Tamsin. He might have been trying to justify it, but it's like I know they're not going to do this if they know what's going on. So I just, you know, they disappear, and then he. So find some meat to feed okay. these people. I, I realize what you're what you're saying, and I remember the portion where he's talking about that. And the implication that I got is that he said he's saving those people by not telling them because what caused him to fall into the curse is because he knew he had already been fed meat by his uncle. He's like, they won't succumb to it if they don't know. And I think the implication is because he knew. He then tried to escape to get away from his uncle and try to resist. And I read it as he then got to the plains and could no longer resist, found the opportunity to kill the boy, killed the boy, had a stash of meat. Then, then got, why would anyone else succumb if they didn't know he was poisoning them with the meat? That doesn't make any sense. Also, why would he care about poisoning people? He could just have them shot easily or beaten up by his like cronies. So why would he bother poisoning anyone? Because he didn't really, like, he didn't have, like, I don't know. It just, like, I, it, the one guy getting sick just doesn't make sense otherwise. It, it really doesn't. Because the dog didn't oh. bite him. Yeah. Well, he was in close contact with the dog. We don't know that it didn't bite him and he just didn't say anything about it. 
but it goes through such explicit detail to tell us that it did Pike Keesberg, who is a cannibal. Yeah, because that's where it picked up the in- infection. Because Keesberg is a carrier of this disease. You know what? I don't think either interpretation is wrong. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I, I just, it's, it's, yeah. And I think that's, you know, kind of what the, the writer was attempting to do. Um, but man, she threw the everything and the kitchen sink at this at this story and and nothing stuck it it yeah and then this underlying theory that you can get a disease that causes you want to want to to eat people or i i don't even know what the underlying disease was supposed to be and that that somehow I, is carried through it was whatever the disease in 28 days later was really well that's what reminded me of sarcastic I'm being sarcastic, but like, okay, okay. They, I'm like they bite each other, so they're like zombies, but they're like alive zombies, and then they're fast and aggressive. That's like 28 days later, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when it started coming up, I was like, oh, "This is this is not the most original take I've ever." No. So the only thing that I can assume was the author's like inspiration for the whole disease thing is the fact that there is a known. Um, disease that happens or disorder that happens due to cannibalism but it's specific to the people of new guinea who practice cannibalism yeah kuru by eating the brains of dead people um so i'm assuming that was supposed to be the inspiration for this disease is the disease is the whole idea that because it's wrong to consume human flesh that it then is you know what other diseases are there about this that we okay. don't know about? Well, it also okay. reminds me of rabies, just True. a bit more so, extreme. I and then there's mad cow disease, and the reason why yeah. cows get mad cow disease is because when they slaughter cows, they take the byproduct, they mash it up, and they put it in the feed to feed the cows that are coming up after them. Yeah, so um, kuru so, basically, but for yeah, you're, nothing is supposed to consume itself. You're not. That's it's well, not other than praying mantises consume and insects. There's certain insects that can handle it. Yeah, yeah. Praying <laughs> mantises and insects. Anyway, well, you said no one is um, supposed to consume. No species is supposed to consume itself. And so, it's clarifying, there are certain insects that can, but it's perfectly fine. I mean, I feel like um, lots of fish do it too, and other uh, animals. Yeah. Okay. I was being general. My God, you guys. <laughs> um, it's too early in the morning for me for this. It's like incest. It's everywhere. In the animal kingdom. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a fact. Um, but anyway, you know, it's it's just it was just a poorly constructed book, period the end. And then as a historical <laughs> fiction, I hated the way that she decided to to the, the writer, I don't know what they yeah, identify, but I, I um I feel like the historical fiction was so far off base and then the horror aspect of it was so unsatisfying that it just like it just didn't one doesn't really uphold the other for me they just kind of clash down into each other in a like a weird way yep so uh sarah did you have any other thoughts you haven't said too much and you, you, you actually like this better than us. So, like, I don't know if there's anything you want to defend about it. I know it's not your normal role. <laughs> I also, again, I was um, not ambivalent. God. I know you didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know that I would say that I really liked it. It was just something different. And I read it. I never, well, I did feel bored at times because it was kind of like reading The Revenant only the movie watching the yeah, movie the revenant yeah, yeah. where they just walk around and like nothing's happening um so there were definitely boring parts and what is the word i'm looking for not ambivalent indifferent apathetic indifferent apathetic. yeah i like okay. apathetic better good word um <laughs> okay yeah, so so basically we have come to the conclusion that none of us really like this and it goes from I just didn't have strong cool, negative feelings about it. I was gonna say, and it goes yeah. from cool indifference to absolute loathing. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. I was actually really excited for this book. 
I, yeah, I, I mean, when I shared it with you again, I didn't double check who the author was. And I was like, oh, this is something that Kim would totally love. And, and I okay, really so like. It's so funny. It's, can I say something? You, uh-huh. you keep saying when you, when you share this with me, I had actually been eyeing this book for about three months. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why. And I wasn't, I'm, I'm disinclined to say I want to read a particular book um, just because I tend toward away from anything that you guys like to read. Um, and so I was disinclined to recommend it. Um, and then when you pointed it out to me, I'm like, okay, yep. I want to go there now. Um, and yeah, now I regret it. And I'm going to probably fall hard back into, I'm not recommending any books. So. Except we had a fun discussion with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you and I did. Sarah was like, what asleep. book did you read? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, y'all, y'all got a very different picture from this book than I did. I did not follow that. But I that think we were very much coming from it from from the horror aspect of it. We were anticipating that horror through the whole thing. I think you were just reading it almost historically, and and so your your take on it is is very uh, real, and ours is very fantastical. And I, and I just think that's because that we were coming at this book from a fantastical point of view and you were coming at it more of a historical point of view. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and that enabled us to extrapolate more out of what we were reading and y- you, you kept it very literal. Um, well, I don't know so what I, your knowledge of the Donner Party is. Other than, you know, obviously be general. Are you people. talking to me or Sarah? Sarah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the people going to California, went too late, got stuck, ran out of food, may have eaten each other. And so, oh, can I say the other like thing here. I was interested in this no. book? Uh-huh. Um, this, this is close to where our property is that we own, that we go camping on. Oh, yeah, the Sierras, right? Or no, yeah, yeah, the Sierras. Yeah, Sierra Nevadas. The, yeah. Uh, there's two freeways and if you go up and our property is between two freeways and if you go up one you go to the Donner Pass if you go up the other it, it drops down into Tahoe um, and we sit between those two so um, I have an understanding of the environment and um, what the snow can be like there and 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 that sort of thing and um, yeah so I was interested and, from that perspective and I've just always had an obsession with the Oregon Tel trail time frame um so i had a pretty solid and not a solid knowledge it's been a long time since i've looked at the donner party but i had a pretty solid exposure to the donner party and that situation um as well as just other oregon trail situations or even uh gold rush because i like westerns you know all of that and so i was expecting the horror to be the twist in what i was going to be focusing on um and so I think that's why, I, for me, the story centered on that is like, wait, what is the horror? How am I figuring this out? Why is it twisting this? Um, and I, like, full on what I thought I was going to be reading is I thought it was going to be the Donner Party. And it was going to be talking about, like, like, tr- like not making it an exterior thing, but like true madness that happens when you become isolated while also being stuck with people. And, and the idea that you're not interacting with a whole lot of new people and you have to rely on these people and, like, the slow, like, desperation I mean, I of... That too. Um, so that's what I wanted it to be. And I'm so disappointed. I think that would have been a really cool book is, is stick pretty true to the Donner Party, but play with the thing we don't know, which is what was their internal thoughts. Yeah, I thought that was what we were going to get. And so I was not looking forward to that because I was like, that is going to be boring. Oh, no. <laughs> this was also boring. Um, but and yeah, I know. And it, was, it was just like zombies, kind of. I was like, yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. I guess that's one way to just do it. Um, so in my brain, you said, you said that's just one way. And my brain went to shit all over history. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it felt so, like yeah. i'll be honest yeah it's yeah, something that it was, was really was traumatic and something that we continue to talk about and you reduce it to and you're not even like like this isn't you know pride prejudice and zombies like you're not 
like it's not a, like a, a humorous twist on something you know making it supernatural with the clear like above and beyond but however pride and prejudice is fictional so you're working with a fictional thing and adding more fiction to it um mm -hmm. this isn't a fictional thing and you're adding fiction to it but you're adding an element that wasn't potentially available to work with and so it just feels like you're writing fiction and pretending it's historical fiction so but i think we have destroyed like, that book just, i think we have picked this carcass clean so do we want to start in on our uh, ratings uh, uh, wait <laughs> well oh, okay i just i heard kim say something Oh yeah, was she laughing. was stuffing at my, but not really laughing. More like, oh, that was an awful pun laugh. It was um, a very awful pun, but it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Um, oh, I do want to just say, I don't know if you guys got this at all from reading the book. Probably not. But boy, <laughs> I really wanted to go camping while reading this book. I was like, it has been a while, and all this talk about being on like a wagon. Not so much being isolated and running out of food, but just being outdoors. I was like, wow, this is really romanticizing camping for me. Yeah, I wanted to be up on the property. I wanted to be in a tent. I, I wanted to. <laughs> I am not a camping person, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about this went, man, I want to do that. So one of the things I love best about our property is we get up there and, and it's we're very isolated i mean it's it's only five acres and there's a hundred other families that have five acres up there uh but it's quiet and i love to get at night and the lights are out maybe have a little campfire we don't really do a lot of camp fires because of the california lack of water but um but i like listening to the sounds and um feeling the isolation. I really enjoy that. And then I love my little, my brain and it's like, okay, where's Bigfoot? Where's, you know, where's, you know, cause there's the, the missing 411 stuff and, you know, yeah. all the people that just disappear off the planet and nobody knows why, um, you know, it, that aspect of our property, I, I enjoy, that's my little thing, but I can't talk about it while we're up there. Cause my sister absolutely hates it. And just is like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Cause she doesn't like to fall into scary times in her own brain um so but yeah that's one of my favorite things about our property is is one of these days bigfoot's gonna walk through my property and i'm gonna be like yes i know it's real even though i know it's not real so that's like you're gonna be waiting <laughs> a long time i know i am gonna be waiting a very long time it'll be a bear and i'll just pretend it's bigfoot <laughs> all right so no no camping desires for me <laughs> Nope, it did not trigger the desire to camp. In fact, I think I thought, ah, oh, so glad I'm in my house with my controlled AC. <laughs> and no weather that would just completely and utterly annihilate me or sun. God, I would not have survived the sun. Yeah, them going through Salt Lake is pretty. Yeah not fun sounding it's like oh yeah oh no oh, i was yeah i was actually disappointed in that section of the book because what actually happened to them is when you put pressure on the the salt plains water actually seeps up and it mucks up the wheels and mm. so they had a horrible the, the actual donner party had a horrible time moving through that section of land because they thought it was just flat planes but they could barely get their wheels to move because it and just then it's, became a mucky mired mess and it's not really viable water for drinking if i remember correctly oh no no, no. and no, there's no the animals covered in salt and there's yeah. no animals no their animals i was talking about their animals would try to drink it and, and it was, well it, but i mean there's no no there's not a huge population oh, of animals either so you're stuck you're yeah. not moving fast you don't have water you have no food supply coming in um, yep. No, the entire Donner situation was just a series of unfortunate events, one after the other. Well, bad decisions, too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and it really comes down to is they believed someone who hadn't actually done what he claimed. Yep. They also um, started kind of late, too. They started and they, late? Yep. 
They didn't move fast. They were trusting Hastings just because he had named something in Hastings' past and had written a book. And it kind of found it find out he, it was like he'd been through it once um, and never with a wagon. So his past wasn't actually viable with the wagons and the weight load that these guys were yeah. working with. So, all right. What is your guys's no? How exciting! How exciting did you guys? What did you find this, Sarah? I gave it a three. Kim. Um. I I give it a three. Okay. I gave it a two. I did not find it exciting at all. And at times it was. Well, like, I didn't get it. Oh, okay. I was like, I didn't find it exciting either. I thought three was zero. I was gonna say, and sometimes it was anti-exciting. Okay. Like that rolling my eyes and just like dreading, dreading working huh. on it. I do get that with other books, but not this one. <laughs> okay, and then ease of reading. Kim. Um. <laughs> with your two sentence challenge. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say too, and not because the story was complicated, because the story wasn't complicated, um, just because, it, yeah, it was tedious. I, I can't think of another way to describe it. It was hard to read. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Sarah? Uh, I gave it a five. I just <laughs> okay. read through it. It wasn't hard to read for me. So for me, I gave ease of reading a two, and that comes down to execution, is a lot of that, like, the first half of the book isn't difficult to read. It's a little jumpy between who, what characters are taught, you know, what chapters are about which characters, and I kind of almost wish that it relied on the whole name, the character at the beginning of the chapter, so we knew who we were getting it from, and that it was switching perspectives. Um, but that last half, switching between present to past, and then back to present, and then back to past, and then back to present, and then back to past, but with different characters, each past and present, I just, I lost the momentum. And so I just can, wanted to be I, done. Can I tell you something that happened to me in a chapter? What? So in the, in the composition of, of the, the digital book, they were doing this thing at the beginning of the chapters where they would giant letter the first word. So the first letter of the first word, and then they, you know, regular font for the rest of it. And it, the first word was it. And I mm. read I, and then suddenly it was coming from the perspective of a character. And I'm like, where the fuck did the I character go? Where, where's I, who's I, why is there I, why is it suddenly first person? And it took me about three pages before I went back and went, oh, it, 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 not I. Yeah, anyway, that was, yeah, my thing. Anyway. I actually had the problem of, even though it gave you the years at the very beginning, because every chapter didn't say like 14, whatever the years is, or 1846, when it then suddenly gave a year, I had no perspective on like how long ago it was. Sarah's yep. checking, I think. Um, no. What I'm checking is, because I forgot I was going to look at this before, is that the prologue, which obviously takes place after the story does, um, they talk about in April of 1847, were they trying to rescue them? Yeah, they would have yeah, been rescued in 1847. There were actually, there were actually two oh. several, there were two Oh, okay, because there's obviously the rescue party rescue that Reed is leading two or three. at the end of the book. And then there's the, in the prologue, there's another one where they're mm -hmm. trying to find so, a survivor in cabins and lean-to. Oh, that's right. There were cabins and lean-to. So, so there were three things that happened once they were actually in the snow per the original one. Originally, Stanton does, a, does go out before they really hit the mountains and gets supplies with two Native American individuals yeah. and comes back with food. Then they get stuck in the mountains. And the Hope Party does leave. At the same time, Reed does get, ice, get kicked out 
Um, Reed does manage to make it to California because he's moving by himself and moves quickly, um, if I remember correctly. And so then Reed finds out that they're stuck when the Hope Party, those who do survive, manage to make it. He rallies to get supplies up to them in the mountain, but they can't get them out. So he gets them supplies so that he can survive the rest of the winter up in the mountains. Then at the very end, tail end, when the snow is starting to ease up in April, another party comes up to help them actually properly leave because they were too weak to actually get themselves and their stuff out of that situation. And that's when that third party comes up and actually rescues them. Okay. Yeah, because with Reed, it's just he's reaching out a hand to his daughter and it cuts off. And then I was like, wait a second, if that was a rescue party, what was going on with, because that was in March and then there was the April one. That was just him going back, him and a small team going back with supplies so that they could survive the rest of the winter because he knew they didn't have enough supplies, which was kind of implied with the story with him tracking everything the entire time um, that he had a knowledge they were just didn't have enough food. Um, so yeah, those are the three main like attempts to rescue and it gets really confusing when you're looking at the history um because a lot of the times they don't they don't have the exact dates when everything happened um and they have a vague idea of where they were in locations as to when they were being rescued so they have a vague month and a vague location they don't have the very exact like on this date stanton arrived um they just know that he did go That's back. strange that they weren't able to keep accurate records while they were climbing around in these mountains. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there were actually three rescue parties, basically from near the start of them entering the mountains all the way through until they were onto the mountains. So. Okay. So that was ease of reading, emotional, or did I give my ease of reading? Yes, I did. So then yeah, we have... I did. Emotional reaction. So Sarah, what was your emotional reaction to this? Like a 3.5, maybe. Kim. Uh, two. I ended into the angry range. Yeah, me too. I was at a at a two. Possibly even really heading into a one. Because at the very beginning, I was really annoyed at potential representation to the point where I was like, who is this author that they feel comfortable enough discussing uh, Native Americans and tribes and stuff? And then I, you know, started doing my research as to who these people were and what tribes and finding out the tribe wasn't real and like looking at the people and realizing how much they varied and I was getting more and more annoyed and and that also like reduced my level of investment I'm like these are not these people I these this is not them this is not the actual Tamsin this is only vaguely the actual Stanton you know it, it I'm so frustrated that I was like nope 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 I don't care I don't care and I'm slightly angry so Sarah, what was your overall rating? I gave it like a 3.5, maybe a 7.5. Eh, I don't know. Probably 3.5. Yeah, I'm surprised. That is higher than I would have expected from you, I'll be honest. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, I don't know. I was just higher than I... I honestly was expecting this to be like a two-star read for you, given your lack actually have of to have love for history. Negative there. reaction somewhere. <laughs> I didn't have any. And Kim, your overall rating. I gave it a two. I gave it a two. I, is this yeah, is this her true Goodreads rating, Sarah? No, it didn't pop up for me. Oh, so okay. I was going into this blind. I was like, I don't know Last what night. side Kim is going to fall on. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I, 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 I did it last night. It was late. It was late last night. So, um, yeah, it, it, I definitely gave it a two and I almost gave it a one. Um, but yeah, we'll leave I, it at that. I gave it a two, although I'll be honest, if I had half star ratings, this might've leaned more towards a 1.5. Um, Why don't you have half star ratings? You mean you've never done a half star rating before? I, I, I mean, I've done half star ratings. I meant like in terms of like 
usually it's not a half star rating. So I gave it on Goodreads a, a two star rating, but really it, it, it's probably a more 1.5 because if I could have DNF'd it, I would have. <laughs> so uh, I assume no one has any quotes, but I could be mistaken. We haven't done quotes in a while. I didn't know that was still a thing. I always <laughs> check every once in a while. Yeah, no, nothing was, nothing okay. in this writing was profound enough to point it out. <laughs> All right. Well, we have truly, well, Kim and I have truly ripped this book apart and all the reasons we didn't like it. Um, I just and Sarah, it's a lot for the ride. <laughs> so on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.